pages. Something else to highlight with um, the dys dysrhythmias. I pulled this from your medical surgical book. I believe it was chapter 36. Um, so we talked about, so we talked about AFib as a dysrhythmia. That one was not lethal. Uh, we talked about the high risk of clotting, which the slide before goes into anticoagulants and clotting and bleeding and things to think about with that. Uh, of course, we talked about normal sinus rhythm. I'm not really doing anything for that. We've talked about sinus bradycardia, um, where you, their heart rate is below 60. Um, if they're asymptomatic, we're not going to do much for, for them. You know, some patients, that's just their norm. Or if they're becoming symptomatic, um, then we might give them something like atropine. Or if it's persisting, then that person might need a pacemaker. Um, and then we talked about ventricular ventricular fibrillation and ventricular tachycardia. So VTAC was one of those things that was the dysrhythmia where th they would either have a pulse or not have a pulse, depending on the severity of it. Um, and so what's happening here is the ventricles are just beating so fast. This is that really fast rate, anywhere from like 150 to 250 is usually what we see with VTAC. So they're beating so fast that they're not perfusing well to the rest of the body. So the faster it is, the less likely you're able to feel a pulse because it's just not perfusing. If a patient has pulseless VTAC, then that's not stable. So that's the patient that's going to need to be defibrillated. You're going to need to start CPR. Um, for the patient who, um, for the patient, so that's the patient who has pulseless VTAC is the one that's unstable and you're starting CPR and doing defibrillation. If the patient has a pulse and has VTAC, usually we're going to be given like those antidysrhythmics because um, this is that patient who's usually kind of sitting there, you know, like what's going on. They might feel a little bit of funny, uh, a little bit funny, but if they have a pulse with VTAC, it's not quite as concerning versus pulseless VTAC where they're beating so fast that they're generally going to need to be defibrillated and shocked to correct things. Um, so something to think about, like if you think about a lot of these questions are asking you what to do first. Um, the one thing that we as nurses can definitely do very quickly right away is the CPR. So initiating CPR as soon as you see this patient who's in V-fib or as soon as you see this patient who has pulseless uh, ventricular tachycardia. Um, so starting that CPR and having someone get the defibrillator. You also have to consider, and this is kind of what this critical rescue highlights, is that there has to be a skilled personnel who's, who's using the defibrillator. So usually that's going to be a physician. In um, BLS training, basic life support training, we learn about automatic external defibrillators. We learn how to use those where you're just pressing that shock button and they, you know, they let you know if a shock is advised or not. With an actual defibrillator that's not automatic, um, you're going to be, you know, adjusting that and turning up the joules on that. And that's why it would take a skilled professional to do that. Um, so in most situations, we're going to be starting CPR first because we either don't have access to the defibrillator or the skilled personnel is not there yet. Uh, so just something to keep in mind.